hello, my five loyal listeners. There's literally five of you, and one of them's probably myself. <laughs> Today we're talking about shame. Shame is something that I have thought a lot about for a very long time. Um, I took a class in college called the Sociology of Violence, and I don't know why I decided to take this. It was an elective class. It just sounded interesting to me, and that's kind of the point, right? Um, but we spent all semester reading one book and this book was maybe 300 pages. Like it was like a paperback book. It wasn't a textbook. And I wish I could remember the name of this book, but it was basically all about shame and how the most violent criminals were born into environments that caused them great shame at a very young age. So they maybe experienced trauma or sexual abuse or extreme poverty or just hopelessness, or they weren't socialized correctly because their parents weren't around or all of these kinds of things. And how the worst criminals or maybe the best criminals don't feel um, a sense of shame for the things that they did. We went on to um, a class trip at a state prison where criminals were kept in literally just concrete cages. Like it was the most bleak uh, thing I've ever seen. Very motivating to not, you know, end up there. But many also were kept in um, isolation. And the isolation rooms were literally like just concrete. And some of them had tiny little windows at the top. And... um, I mean, like five, like five by seven feet, like tiny, like tiny, tiny rooms with a bed. And that was it. And like a toilet, but like a hole, like it was just anyway, one of the security guards told us that there was never a moment of silence in this prison because the prisoners kind of like screamed a lot all night and definitely all day. He said they're going crazy. And I wondered how he didn't also go crazy being in that environment. I've thought about that professor, that class and that field trip a million times over. Shame is... Like that's an extreme version of shame, but everybody's experienced shame and shame can be a very motivating thing, but it can also be a a very toxic thing. Um, And shame has been called our most dreaded emotional experience. Like if you've ever been caught doing something that makes you feel ashamed, like, you know, like the sinking feeling in your stomach, you might, your face might flush. Like it's a bad, it's a very bad feeling. It's almost worse than guilt. Um, And Brene Brown defines shame as um, believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Something we've experienced, done, or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection. So she's kind of saying that shame can be very isolating. And we all have probably felt some depth of shame at some point, even if it was fleeting. Shame in small doses can be positive. The lead researcher in one study explained that the function of pain is to prevent us from damaging our own tissue. The function of shame is to prevent us from damaging our social relationships or to motivate us to repair them. Our society and societies throughout history have used shame to express their values and reinforce their expectations for how people are supposed to treat each other. Um, and it, ver- it highly varies on where we you are and which culture you live in and all that kind of things. But shared expectations are very important and it, they can be enforced through shame. That's why people um, discipline their kids and, and they like lightly shame them for doing things wrong. Um, Shame can help us define values, teach our children about acceptable behavior, and punish those who step outside of our agreed-upon social norms. But like anything, shame can be taken too far. The absence of shame results in psychopathy, while too much shame can result in, like I mentioned, recurring criminal behavior. So shame is both good and bad. The shame I learned about and saw in the prison was toxic shame. But the shame that teaches people how to act in a social structure is called productive shame. So I'm just going to explain the difference quick. Psychologist John Bradshaw, he wrote a book called the Healing the Shame that Binds You. <laughs> that sounds so dramatic. Um, he writes that toxic shame is the pervasive sense that one is essentially unworthy and unlovable. So he said also it's usually the result of childhood trauma or sexual abuse. Um, the reason <laughs> that most criminals have these like very um traumatic past is because they they 
internalize shame at a very young age and they don't know how to cope with it and they believe that whatever is the cause of their shame is their fault. Um, Brene Brown writes that toxic shame is wrapped in our society's obsession with perfection and the subsequent feelings of inadequacy that normally ensue. The problem with toxic shame is that it focuses on the person experiencing the shame rather than the things that person did or specific traits they might have. And in the case of a child being abused and experiencing shame, it's not even their fault. Um, they're just internalizing shame that really has nothing to do with them. This focus on the entire person can make people feel unworthy, unlovable, and too messed up to ever be kind of like rehabilitated back into society. In contrast, productive shame focus on focuses on traits or behaviors rather than the entire person. So productive shame leaves room for improvement rather than making someone feel fundamentally worthless or irredeemably flawed. When we use productive shame to discipline a child, they know that what they did was bad, not that they themselves are bad. Um, and if you discipline a child too heavily and then they think that they themselves are bad, like that's wrong. <laughs> it's bad to do that. Sometimes productive shame can be self-inflicted as well. If you feel enough shame for a particular behavior such as smoking or binge eating, you might be inspired enough to change, right? So maybe you feel enough social pressure or social shame that you decide on your own to change your behavior. The people who knowingly subject their bodies and minds to irreversible damaging behaviors are likely grappling with a deeply ingrained toxic shame that may be rooted in any number of traumas and like I said, may not even be their fault. Um, people that with no sense of shame might have deep traumas stemming at a very young age or they might just be born like psychopaths <laughs> and that's very much less common than having trauma and stuff, but it does happen. Dr. Lisa Rivero writes that shame is the negative emotion that best predicts behavior change. Okay, so this is kind of interesting. Negative emotions such as guilt or regret were not as likely to inspire change. Um, why? Because we often feel the need to apologize when we feel guilty for hurting someone, but we're less likely to change the behavior that led to the apology. So we feel bad enough to say I'm sorry, but we don't feel bad enough to rectify like the initial behavior. Productive shame forces people to identify a problem within themselves, thereby motivating them to take action. So if you hurt somebody and you feel shame instead of guilt, then you'll probably change. But like, a productive level of shame, not a toxic level of shame. So what about the criminals? Research published in Psychological Science, a journal of the Association for Psychological Science, found that within three years of being released from jail, two out of every three inmates in the U.S. wind up behind bars again. Um, is that shocking? Not really. The findings show that inmates who feel shame about their behaviors are the most likely to reoffend. Why? Because they experience a toxic level of shame. They are not experiencing productive shame. Because criminals have such a high degree of shame, they are usually not motivated to change. Um, they feel very deeply painful shame that's directed at themselves. The shame can lead to a defensive response, right? So um, they might deny the responsibility uh, for their actions. They might blame others. They might become super aggressive. And so it stands to reason that the more shame a person feels, the stronger these defense mechanisms become. So while a normal, healthy person might be inspired to change due to feeling shame, those with the deepest, mo most painful shames are often stuck. There are ways to therapeutically address this very deeply ingrained shame, but our criminal justice system is not designed to fix this shame. And so people become reincarcerated. Um, it's a terrible system. If there's one thing I've learned through years of therapy and psychological treatment, it's that the only way to really address shame is to face it. And I was not dealing with um, super toxic level of shame, but I did have like a deep enough shame that it was not productive. Um, so the only way to really address 
shame is to face it, to name it, speak it, own it, and change, even if you think that whatever you did is shameful beyond measure. Even if all of your defense mechanisms are activated, shame will only birth more shame. The sad reality I saw at the state prison was that most of the people there were living with shame that they didn't deserve to carry. Trauma and abuse and childhood neglect created humans so removed from social norms that they became criminals. We then locked them in dungeons where their shame only increased. In some ways, they were manifesting exactly what they were, were told that they would become. If you're told you're going to be worthless from the time you're a child, you might probably become that. Realizing this granted me empathy beyond measure. Like I had such a high degree of empathy for the people that ended up there. Um, Shame isn't one size fits all. And if you're lucky enough to be able to read this and hold just a productive level of shame, I hope that you use your shame well. Um, So some things that I linked, um, an article, this is not a book, called um, Shame, Guilt, and Remorse, Implications for Offender Populations. It goes a little bit deeper into crime and shame. And then a book called Inside the Criminal Mind, which was really interesting. It goes like super deep into how criminals think and um, and why. Um, and also kind of addresses our criminal justice system, which is broken. And then I also linked Brene Brown's lecture on shame. It was one of her TED Talks. I think that's how she got famous. I'm not totally sure. Um, anyway, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Bye.